we should rehearse this on a daily basis. It says that we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. It said that we're perplexed, but not in despair. Then it said we're persecuted, but not abandoned. Then it said we're struck down, but not destroyed. This is our truth. This is the truth. To hear this hard truth, some may ask, why is this type of path a part of the Christian journey? See, many people think that once we, you know, get saved and we give our heart over to the Lord that everything is all right and all of our troubles go away and we don't suffer any more temptation. Life is easy and people will like us and we won't have any complications, but somebody say that ain't it. Hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair. What happens when this pressure, pain, opposition comes from within? But before we answer that, should we consider the term church hurt? As you will hear, we break this down and ask ourselves, is it church hurt or is it people hurt? People of God, we have to do better. Key word, people. We are the ones who are letting people down. I must say, I do not support and have never been affiliated with Hillsong. I literally just like a song that their praise team won a Grammy for. I wanted to make this clear because I wanted true accountability. It saddens my heart to know of the painful experiences people have had in their walk. But I know that the true and living God is not of that in any shape or form. We continue our discussion of how people have hurt people in church. There are also mentions of sexual abuse. If you or someone you know who is being abused, please call the National Sexual Assault Hotline at 1-800-656-4673 for help. If you haven't heard part one of this bonus series, please check it out. Now on to part two. Welcome to All About Everything, where we talk about, well, everything. Everything from politics, culture, education, womanhood, manhood. Hey, it's all on the table. Are you ready to hear truth in all its complexities? You'll do it here in All About Everything. Hey, everything fam. Summer is still summering and it's nothing like a cute short set or fellas a nice bucket hat to keep cool. Well, there is only one place to get your gear while spreading an inspirational message and looking fly while doing it. You have to shop and check out Declare and Decree Apparel, where we declare boldly and decree fearlessly. So go ahead and use my exclusive link to receive free shipping on all items now until August 31st. Link is in the show notes, but here's the code A-A-E-F-R-E-E. Again, that's A-A-E-F-R-E-E. Okay, fam, tag me when you get your new digs. I want to see you looking fat this summer. 
follow me at all underscore about underscore everything. And that's E-R-R-Y-T-H-A-A-N-G on Instagram. Thank you to those who already getting in on this deal. You look amazing. All right, we are back and awesome conversation just going on here. Um, We were talking about how race plays a factor in churches and places of worship and how there has been a lot of pain in Mm -hmm. those circumstances. So, Cage, just to come to you, um, we're going to kind of, I guess, go a little personal, but it can still be in context of what we were talking before the break. But how have you been hurt in church and how it or how did you reconcile or pass through the pain or even have you passed through the pain? Um, I think the more appropriate question is, is it church hurt or is it people hurt? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and um, the design of the church, you know, in scripture, obviously us as humans, are, you know, some, if our heart isn't in the right place and growing it and the church becomes bigger than God or the pastor becomes bigger, you know, or they're thinking that they're becoming bigger than mm-hmm. God or something, I think that's where it goes left. But um, there was a church that the three of us attended as children, and um, it was the church we all got baptized in. It was, you know, the church that we literally you know, our parents spent a lot of time uh, being uh, a part of like a stewardship campaign. Um, you know, we were very active in this church, like literally Wednesday, um, 8 a.m. Sunday service, 10 a.m. Um, with parents teaching uh, children's church and then attending that and, you know, just feeling a lot of pride in the church that we went to. Um Obviously, there were some things personally that took place with our family and our attendance kind of started to change a little bit. And um, there started to be changes in the church. Um, And I won't go into a lot of detail, but um, we held a lot of respect for certain people in this church. And um, I mean, these certain people... um, literally came to our home that our parents had gotten and prayed over it and I mean everything because it was just a big move for us and um you know I again being a kid again I think you know you just hold people very high you know um in high regards and you know our parents held them in high regards too but you know I think once life hit us kind of um we were going, you know, just through some growing pains as a family. Um, and, you know, I can remember just feeling this sense of sadness, like a deep internal sadness. I mean, I I could not shake it. And um, I remember just crying, crying, crying. I was probably like 11 years old. Uh-huh. And we, you know, I begged my mom no, please, can you take us to church? You know, because I just felt like I needed to go. And I remember just crying the whole sermon. I really can't tell you what it was about. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I even requested that I talk to this man, you know, after a service, you know, just because 
just a lot of heaviness on me and then just a lot of change that was taking place and again um ended up talking to him and you know felt better and obviously um felt stronger in my walk you know um with God after speaking with him and stuff but again um what ends up happening and I just you know shorten this up is you know basically um um uh, the guy that we held in high regards had done some immoral things. Um, so much, you know, more so on a financial standpoint. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I hate that that's the rep that the church gets, you oh, know. You, you know, you steal money or, you know, mismanaging funds and stuff. And, you know, um, I remember just feeling shocked um, because I, again, this was somebody we all held in high regard. Um, and I remember for a while after that, I didn't want to go to church. You know, I, I remember sometimes we didn't go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the whole search for, you know, a church home, um, you know, that, that became something I wasn't as interested in. You know, I, I remember just feeling like I don't want to open myself up to, you know, another church or something like that because I don't want to get my feelings hurt. And then I kind of really stepped aside. Okay, so am I people hurt or am I church hurt? Mm-hmm. Um, this was the actions of an individual. I'm not going to condemn, um, I wouldn't say an institution because I don't see church as an institution. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to condemn the Lord's house. I'll mm-hmm. say that, okay? Right. Put some yeah. power on his name. Yes. Um, over someone's... Um, you know, I'll be honest, foolishness. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I start really realizing that I got to know God for myself. Mm. You know, I cannot let it be, you know, or the core of my belief system be contingent on how someone is, you know, or how someone acts. And so, you know, really start started to be more intentional on my Bible reading. And again, I think life is probably one of your biggest teachers, <laughs> you know, when you are rock bottom, you know, I, I don't know where else to go, <laughs> honestly, but to go to God. And some of the darkest situations I've been in, I knew to go to God and felt this immense peace that, I mean, if you are um, a non-believer, I'm telling you, it's the best peace I've ever felt in my life. And I encourage you and implore you to learn it for yourself. But, you know, again, um, how did I reconcile it and I be done? Um, you know, like I said, I just had to learn it for myself. There were times where, you know, I was quiet and a tear dropped from my face while I'm journaling. That was my prayer. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Or, you know, there were times where, you know, you just pray and then, you know, um, you feel better. Um, There are some times when you just walk outside, you can't tell me how beautiful certain things that you see on this earth isn't a God thing. Like, I love going to the ocean. Mm -hmm. Y'all know me. I'm big on going outside, being a nature girl and all that good stuff. So, you know, um, you got to find God for yourself. So, that's how I reconciled it. But... I'm pretty sure we might all talk about the same thing, but have um, a different perspective of it, if that makes sense. Y'all might be able to add something unless y'all have been hurt by something else, you know. 
I just started thinking about it because I was like, oh, we'll probably talk about the same situation. Mm -hmm. But for me, I struggle with not enoughness, Mm -hmm. which isn't of Christ. And thank God for therapy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But and a Christian therapist at that. But I think for me, I love that you said I'm not, you know, you have to take it out of the realm of being church hurt. Your people hurt. Mm. I think I'll be a little bit more specific and say I've been church people hurt. Yeah. You know, people who say they're about the church Mm -hmm. and it's more about the doing of the things at church than Mm -hmm. it is about reflecting God. No offense, because I can't question their relationship and stuff. Right. But I know one of the church hurt people things, I don't think it was intentional because this person was struggling, but they did have faith. Um, I was going through a time where I was struggling a lot mentally and they suggested, oh, we'll pray about it. That helps me mm-hmm. or listen to this worship song. That helps me. And I would do it almost like to cross it off the list in the hopes that I feel better and I wouldn't. Right. And knowing now, thank God for hindsight, I was doing it to try and please this person. Mm -hmm. and try to say, you know, well, I'm doing it the God way. But it was just a task list for me. And I will be honest, once the relationship dissolved between me and this person, I couldn't listen to certain preachers they had put me on. I couldn't listen to certain praise and worship music. Mm -hmm. If I'm being honest, I still haven't ventured into listening to it. And it's not the group's fault for making that song. It's not the pastor's fault for delivering that message. It's just associated with a tough emotional time for me. Mm-hmm. But the silver lining is my intention. Mm-hmm. I wasn't doing it intentionally with the hope to get closer to God. I wanted this person to think higher of me. Mm-hmm. So church hurt people for me was thinking that I'm doing everything that the Christians do. I'm doing everything that people in church do and it's not enough or I don't feel that fire shot up in my bones. You know, I don't mm-hmm. feel it. So there must be something wrong. And to be honest, too, a little childhood trauma was, like you said, that time where we were having some illness and family and couldn't be as consistent in going to church as we used to. Mm-hmm. Again, managing expectations. At the time, I'm a kid. I thought, oh, well. You know, these people understand that we're going through something as a family. Mm -hmm. And my expectations were not met at all. I mean, distinctly remember going to service. And I think it was a continuation of a sermon that we probably missed. So I, I, I will be very transparent in saying I struggle with staying awake. And it's not because it's not interesting. It's just, we were I don't young know. Too. But, um, uh, so we moved through the sermon part, get to the praise and worship part. And of course, it's singing a song. We don't have any knowledge of the song. If I know the melody, I can strawberry watermelon it all day. But we didn't know the melody. Um, I don't even think they had the lyrics up on yeah. the screen like yeah. they used to. Yeah. So we were sitting there trying to clap and sway to the beat. And the children's minister came and was, I guess, upset. And I remember them pulling us out of the, uh, not the sanctuary, because it was like the fellowship, fellowship hall, hall. Mm-hmm. and pulling us outside and basically chastising us for not putting in the effort to 
to worship. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, we were physically drained, emotionally drained, spiritually depleted. Mm -hmm. And this is a grown person telling what seven and nine year olds, nine and 11. I know it it was either. Yeah. Like late elementary, early middle schools. Like Mm -hmm. you're telling me that I need to put something in to get something out. And I remember they equated it to like a drink machine. Mm-hmm. I can't even remember the mm-hmm. actual. The memory is really good. So, uh, yeah, this, I, but, I mean, it left such an indelible impression. I can't yeah. tell you any sermon I remember. I can't tell you anything mm-hmm. warm and fuzzy. Mm-hmm. I feel bristly when I see that person's name pop up on Facebook. Mm. And after that day, I did not want to be a part of corporate worship because I was thinking... You say come as you are. You say praise like as you can. You know, God knows your heart and things like that. And it, to be honest, looking back at it, it felt like platitudes mm-hmm. as opposed to actually being real. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was telling Albie, I strayed away from being like public corporate worship. Give me an overflow room. Give me the cassette tape. Uh, let me miss church and I'll read Psalms on my own. Mm. Lord, forgive me because I love my church now. Let me watch it on YouTube mm-hmm. because I don't have to be perfect to mm. worship. I can't be judged for not knowing the words or not getting slain in the spirit like somebody else because there's a part of me that struggles with judgment. And again, church people mm-hmm. hurt feel like you're being scrutinized and judged and mm-hmm. then two going again back to the first question uh, the first couple questions about questioning faith mm-hmm. that's all personal mm-hmm. and i can put that personal baggage on anybody right and if i'm being really honest sometimes church can feel like you're the the you know the one on display if you're not doing church with the intention of praising god so for me I'm so thankful I'm at a church now that accepts me. But I'll I'll be honest, I, I'm not going as consistent as I should. And there's a part of me that's like, well, people are going to judge me for being gone. I'm going to ask is, have you, um just to kind of sorry tie in, though, I was going to ask, do you think you're still trying to reconcile that? Because mm-hmm. it seems like that's probably very connected to how you go or attend church now because yeah, of that. Yeah, definitely still trying to reconcile that. But it's more about my own personal reconciliation mm-hmm. than it is being, you know, tossed out, thrown aside. Because I will say, anytime I do go, I feel like, hey, good to see your sister memes. And it's like, good to be seen. I, I know I said that the last time I went, and I meant it. Mm-hmm. And... You know, it does feel good to go to a place where you feel like people care, but it's even better to feel like there's love in a place. And I'll be perfectly honest. Give me a little church all day. Give me a close communal Mm -hmm. feeling. Mm -hmm. And it's no knock on the churches that have big sides, but give me, give me relationship over production. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Just to kind of move into our next thing here, um, and and my pain or hurt is definitely their story. They're talking about something that we all three kind of experienced together, um, and my way of reconciling it. I think much like Cage was saying, but also what Means was saying, 
it made me realize that that personal relationship with Christ is in, is so important. Yeah. Um, cause it kind of goes again to that first question. If you conflate the message with the messenger mm-hmm. and you're thinking that the messenger has to be perfect in order to give you the message, you're not going to hear anything. You're not mm-hmm. even going to hear us today. Cause neither one of us are <laughs> perfect. And, um, I can tell you that. Right. And so, um, uh, you know, when you when you really get a clear, crystal clear picture of that and you understand that people are always going to miss the mark, make a mistake. And I have to say, in comparison to what we saw in Hillsong, our stuff is minor. I mean, let's just be called a spade a spade yeah, because yeah. We, we thank God we never went through any sexual abuse issues yeah. that we know of in our church. But yeah. us personally have not done been through that. Um, but we don't want to negate that. Mm-hmm. And, and if anybody's has dealt with that, please seek that help. Yeah. Um, it is, it is unfortunate. It is not of God. Yeah. And, and that's what this whole conversation mm-hmm. is, um, which yeah. leads to accountability. Mm-hmm. What does that look like in church? What does that look like in church? And I, I will start here, yeah. um, to kind of piggyback on what happened with our, that church that we attended, um, the leaders um of the church outside of the the main pastor um that would deliver the sermons every most Sundays I should say um came to the congregation um you're gonna hear a clip if you haven't already heard it depending on when I kind of slide it in there but um um my mother was speaking about where um they you know let the congregation know hey this is why we want this leader to be out because of the evidence that has been presented that um your funds that you know your tithes and your offerings the things that you were being obedient to God was being misused for the benefit of this person and not for the benefit of what God has entrusted us to do with this because there was promise of land and there was promise of schools being built and Mm -hmm. all this you know community kingdom building words and things of that nature and and you know didn't didn't see none of it um other than maybe an extension or new fellowship hall or whatever but um that accountability even though it was highly uncomfortable and did leave people in a pickle where, oh my goodness, where am I going to go on, not just Sunday, because if you are a family like us, we were going Monday, we were going Tuesday, we were going Wednesday for church. Now, we was at church all all week, you know, and now that is a big hole um, in your schedule or in your life because you're like, wait a minute, what is going on? Um, But I appreciate that accountability because... It didn't make the news, really. I think a little bit, but not really. I mm-hmm. think, you know, in most, if you were in the city that we grew up in at a certain time frame, you probably know exactly what we're talking about. Um, and if you are close friends with us, you know what we're talking about. But it's not about airing out things. Um, the church has moved on from that, and they're doing well under new management and leadership. Um, but that accountability piece is huge because God calls us to be accountable. Yeah. So if y'all want to jump in on that, what do oh, you yeah. think? Um, I think that's awesome. And I mean, it's consequences for everything, you know, like mm-hmm. whether we answer for those consequences on this side or on the other, you mm-hmm. know. But, um, you know, Second Timothy uh, 3, verse 16, 
No, basically, it's just telling us that, you know, all scripture is inspired by God, but it's also here to be profitable for us to teach, for us to reproof, correct, you know, and to train in righteousness. So Mm -hmm. I think, you know, your accountability um, honestly needs to first come from within, you Mm -hmm. know, and Mm -hmm. I know when I'm doing a devotion, there is nothing like... um, reading a devotion that is holding you accountable. Those are the ones that, you know, get you, okay, I hear you, God, you know, or, you know, something like that. Um, But, you know, I would think that accountability, um, again, like I said, starts within. Um, And then I think also if I'm trying to hold someone else accountable, am I doing what I'm asking them to do? You know what I'm saying? So, you know, scripture comes back at you with that, you know, How are you pointing out the speck in someone else's eye when there's a log in yours? You know, so, you know, you first got to manage yourself. Um, Secondly, um, you know, I do think that there's a proper way of, you know, holding someone else accountable. I think, you know, maybe a private talk. Did you pray Mm -hmm. with them? You know, did, you know. Uh, was there a confession made? You know, and, and I, I'm and I'm not gonna go deep <laughs> on confessions and stuff because I don't, you know, I'm I'm no priest. I'll just say that, you know. Um, but, um, you know, if there was a confession, you know, are we looking to repent? You know, are we turning away from it? Um, so I think you know that's what accountability looks like. Um, changes can be made. Um, I can only imagine, you know the the standard it takes for someone to you know be in a pastoral position um but I also think you know you you know you were called to do that so um you know yes you have to walk that fine line but it's not just on them it's on anyone you know I think you know lastly scripture tells us you know basically uh woe to those who do know (laughs) you know like you know, you do, you know, if you knew better, you do better, you know, basically. And so, you know, I think that accountability scripture is a, a great place to find it, you know. Yeah. Um. Look, I'm going to butcher it so bad. So forgive me. But I think there's something that says, you know, you know, the tree by its fruit mm-hmm. Um. for in the idea of accountability. I think the one of the main essential things that has to come with it is transparency and honesty. Um, it would be this, I mean, it's a relationship thing. And then too, like Cage was saying, there's a responsibility that we belong to Christ. So we have to look like it. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. And so there's expectation that comes with that, but God didn't put us in a position where, we'd be out on a limb and unwilling and unable to learn because sometimes you have to learn by making mistakes. But I think there has to be a clear delineation between making a mistake and making a choice. Yeah. And just in regards to like Hillsong and some church scandals and stuff that happen, you know, you you won't know what happened behind the scenes until it all gets blown out mm-hmm. like bad. And then the person will come and they'll be, you know, crying and mournful and lamenting about this mistake they made until the evidence catches up with them. And it's like, you've been doing this for 
in Hillsong's case, decades. Mm -hmm. And it's not a mistake. It's a choice. A habitual choice. It's an attitude almost. And you hate it for the ones who actually came looking and seeking the Lord through this place. Mm -hmm. I mean, some of this conversation came up because the last episode, I was like, I used that song and hadn't even really any idea about what having this song could be. Mm -hmm. And some of y'all will probably be like, what song? You know? But, but yeah, what a beautiful there, name it is. Yeah, the the idea is that if I belong to him, I'll look like him, I'll act like him, but I'm not him. That's right. And there's there's it's scary sometimes because like like Cage said, you know, was done in the dark come to the light, and I'm sitting here now like Lord, mm-hmm. you know, I I can't. I I feel like God gives us opportunities to apply what he's put in our hearts, what he's put in our minds. And it's our responsibility to actually go out and apply it. Now, there are times I'm hypocritical in that. I'm saying that with the straightest of faces as we speak right now. But I'm not always doing that. Mm -hmm. So accountability is saying this on a platform such as this. Mm Because now I have accountability partners. Mm-hmm. keeping me close to Christ or helping, encouraging me being close to Christ. But I'm not here to be judged. Mm-hmm. You know, only God can do that. But it's not to say that you can't be pulled to the side and say, hey, you got to do better. Yeah. If I love you, I can't let you go on like this. And I think some of what helps in staying accountable is something that I think our pastor said, you know, you might be the only God somebody sees. Right. So what type of representation am I if I say I'm about Christ, but I'm not actually about it? Yeah. Or if I am and it just flows throughout. Mm-hmm. So I think accountability definitely has to do with transparency, honesty, openness, a uh, willingness to learn, willingness to teach. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, definitely. Okay, we're gonna take just another quick break here. We'll be right back. All of you living in you an attitude that resists anything or anyone who comes up and rises against your faith, your salvation, your testimony, your witness. Sometimes you're the only thing that represents God to those who do not know him. Accountability. It is a hard burden to carry, but not heavier than the weight of the world that Jesus carried on Calvary. I say that to say we are not alone. When opposition comes first, expect it. And then go and grow closer to God. He gives a peace that surpasses all understanding. Part three is up next. 
I would like to thank Pleasant Grove Missionary Baptist Church, all-male choir who sung the hymn, God is Real, and Reverend Melanie Banks for her awesome sermon, I Got an Attitude, or the additional voices you heard. Again, major thanks to my wonderful guests, ancestors, cage, and memes. Everything fam, I hope you are enjoying the show. Please let us know on our Instagram page on all underscore about underscore everything. And that's E-R-R-Y-T-H-A-A-N-G. We would love to hear from you. This episode was written and produced by yours truly, RBL. All right, y'all. Until next time, God bless.